0: Well they say that you
1: Welcome to the paranormal Pete show. It's Tuesday, January twelfth. My goodness, time is flying. It's episode seven with my very special guest, Mr. William Becker. William, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's
0: really a joy to be here.
1: So glad to have you. Um, It's episode seven of the paranormal Pete show. I'm your host, Pete Orbea. Uh, with special guest William Becker, and we're part of the Let's Talk Radio Station family at www.wltkdb.com, and that's where you can catch archives of all the shows. There's some really great shows on this station, and so make sure you go to wltkdb.com and check out this archive, or... If you have any sort of streaming podcast service, you can find Let's Talk Radio and all the shows on all major streaming podcast services. So you can always find us. Um, But uh, I'm really glad to have William Becker on tonight. He's a psychic medium and a great friend. Um, He's kind of been a mentor in my psychic journey, which I think it's important Uh, anybody going through an awakening or learning about your abilities, it's good to have someone um, that can help you along. And so um, William's always kind of been a mentor for me as far as psychic work. And so I appreciate that. But uh, you know, real quick, I just want to say my, since our last show, a lot has happened. Um, And so I'm hoping that tonight uh, William and I can help take your mind off everything else going on for a while and uh get you to think about some di- some other things so uh, looking forward to, to having some fun tonight and good conversation uh we'll be back on next tuesday as well mo's on tuesday nights at 8 p.m pacific time so if you're on the east coast you're probably driving home from late shift and we hope we keep you going <laughs> so but every tuesday um so, uh, I'm I met William at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference, and right. uh, as many of my guests, if you've been following the show, um, you'll notice that you know a lot of them I've met at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference or the Oregon Ghost Conference, and uh, which proves the point that conferences are a great thing to go to and support because you get to meet a lot of great people, a lot of like-minded people. Um, or people that aren't going to judge you. So it uh, just kind of proves that point. And William is no exception because uh, I met him, it must have been 2012, I think is when the you came to the Port Gamble Ghost Conference for the first time. Probably. Can, can you believe that?
0: <laughs> no, See, I have trouble keeping up with dates and
1: what year it is now. And you're a history guy. No, I'm, I'm just teasing. Yeah, but
0: this is too, this is too recent,
1: you know. Too recent. I'm uh, not historical enough. All yeah. right. Well, I'll take that. It,
0: it's it's not. I'll take that. You know, it's less than two thousand years old. It's <laughs>
1: all right. I see where we're, we're going to have some fun talking about some history tonight. I think. <laughs> um, and so, I, in 2012 is uh, when I met you, and. Mm-hmm. You were uh, a speaker, and that was one of my first years of being involved with the conference and So I can say that the first time I ever felt like I psychically saw something was because of you and oh, that's right yeah, and I've often uh, people ask me about my story and where did it start and and I always talk about seeing you as a speaker at the conference and you started pulling people out of the audience and doing readings. And Mm -hmm. um, I noticed this figure that was standing behind you and it would kind of move around. And then when you would start to um, connect and, and give a reading for the person who came up there, this, this silhouette, this figure would kind of disperse into this large cloud of some various colors, and then it would always condense back down when you were done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looked like he had a hat on um, and it wasn't your shadow. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, and and at first I thought, you know, uh, I was talking about that, I I thought maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me because I was, you know, felt like I was probably had to have been tired. Uh, from working at the conference and running around all weekend those are a lot of work to put on i know yeah (laughs) yes and uh uh or if if i was just hungry you know i wasn't quite sure Mm. Um, but then after you were done speaking i went to tell you what i had experienced or to see if you know am i seeing things or or whatever and you were already speaking with Neil McNeil. And as I walked up, he was describing to you exactly what I had just seen. Right. And my stomach was sick. And I hadn't seen,
0: I didn't know that before. Yeah. So you two really helped me to know that that was going on.
1: Oh, that's Um, cool. (laughs) I'm glad we helped you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know if it still does or not actually.
1: Well, we'll have to see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's something that, it, that's one of those experiences that uh, st- I know it's going to stick with me uh, for the rest of my life on, in this existence, at least, um, you know, so I, I thank you for that. Oh,
0: thank
1: um, you. are welcome. But, and, but then after, you know, I've, I learned about the Oregon Ghost Conference from you, um, you're mm-hmm one of the original co-founders of the Oregon Ghost Conference. Right. And, you know, talk a little bit about how it was getting that started.
0: Well, that was, you know, Rocky Smith had had the idea for quite a while. And he was busy. He teaches and he'd just become a city commissioner and all kinds of stuff. And I just said, look, we're either going to do it or quit talking about it, you know? <laughs> and so we did it and we built it. I had a lot of contacts um, through West Coast Ghost Hunters. It was an app, um, a website my good friend John Collins had put together. Mm-hmm. And that was where people started meeting and... Um, getting together and making the connections because until then we had all these isolated groups of people and some of them fairly large even but there wasn't any of the interconnectedness especially over large areas and so that kind of made it possible because then we were connecting with people all over the country and then all over in europe and and such as well sadly because of hacking and a whole whole lot of things that website isn't doing anything anymore um but that gave us the foundation to then invite speakers and invite people to come and teams to come and set up booths and we had a good location that worked for the first three years and we outgrew it um and then i no longer was involved um I was doing some traveling and different things, and you know, ghost conference yeah. in Oregon, ghost club meeting in London, no contest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love to travel and and see see everything you can out there, and I I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah but it's, it's it's fun to put on a conference. It's a lot of work.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's an understatement. <laughs> but you get a chance to meet some people. And one of the things I like, you know, you were talking about, you meet people that are like-minded and such. Well, you also meet some that aren't, but that's good because it makes you think. And it helps us right. to expand our knowledge or at least think more closely. We might not change our mind, but... right if we're open minded we can explore what people are saying and mm-hmm. then come to some kind of a realization about our own thoughts and and such because it's all there aren't any yep. facts as you put into a scientific survey or something it's all right and all experiential
1: right and it's it's good to i encourage people to um You know, if they're making, if they're forming a team or thinking about joining a team, you know, make sure that there's skeptical people that maybe Mm -hmm. you're a believer or a pretty open skeptic to the paranormal, but it's good. You know, you got to have that other end of it or someone who's very analytical minded, you know, Mm -hmm. data driven, uh, you know, it's good to have those contrasts. So, like you said, it makes you stop and think. Mm-hmm. Re and in some cases, hopefully, reevaluate what you're mm-hmm. doing, <laughs> right? You know, and making sure that you check yourself. You have the right intent for, um, you know, investigating the paranormal or helping people out with private home cases or, or psychic readings, whatever it may be. But it's good to good to have that contrast and, mm-hmm. and you know, to have those people around because I'm a believer, and it's good to have. People who are like, well, wait a second Pete. Let's take a let's let's take another look at this. All right. All right (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely and I'm I'm a believer and a skeptic I tell people because I'm a skeptic about specific incidents and some of it is I have to know the person I have to know their ability to Analyze and really appreciate the experience or understand the experience they've had um, how Good are their um, skills in deductive reasoning, or yeah, I, mean, I mean, so thinking. many different things. Yeah, critical thinking. I mean, just an example. I live in a house that it's not old. Um, nobody's died in it, um, and it was built in a field. Um, but I have a lot of activity here, on and off. And I was for a while in one place seeing of square what well, kind of a rectangle of light on a wall high up that i couldn't place or understand right but then i figured okay there's a clear story window in that bathroom and a skylight and the doors and i figured out where it was coming through and even though the size it was because of angles and everything else that made it small sure. instead of big and it's like oh okay it's that's not a ghost, <laughs> and, <laughs> but you have to check and you have to check all those things out because yep. it's, it's easy for something to be something that it's easy it for something to be sound like it's more than it is or yes. look like it's more than it is.
1: Sure. Yep. Yeah. You got to have, have those kind of checks on yourself too. And like you say, even in your own house uh, you know, the house I live in here and, In Port Gamble, um, I mean, we've heard some really strange things. Um, I saw a duffel bag come off of my dining room table onto the floor that was nothing in the duffel bag. So it was just like a, you know, just really placid. I don't know (laughs) what
0: the right word is, but it was just. Well, he didn't want you to have that on the table. It didn't uh, belong there.
1: Apparently not. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had to kind of, you know, try and look at things myself. Um, I can see her in my own ho- Oh, that's uh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have a hard time seeing who it is. Uh, I think I believe one of the entities that's in my house is, um, possibly a family member of my wife's, uh, okay. based based on how it walks, how he walks in the size and shape and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's hard in your own house sometimes. And so that's cool that you've, you found out what that was just by taking a look. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I want to go back to, so the, you mentioned that the first three years of the Oregon Coast Conference were in location and that is Oregon city. So I want to ask you about a little bit about Oregon city and that's where you're at of, right? Um,
0: Part of the time. Yes. I'm in the Portland area in general and, a lot of time in oregon city Uh, it's it's where i went to school and um where i have a lot of contacts and community and stuff i wasn't born here Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um because i wasn't born here i don't have to hate west lynn it's a competing town across the river and the (laughs) school the two high schools had the longest term rivalry i think in the country oh Um, wow and it goes back to the early founders of the two towns and oh, geez. our founder, Doctor McLaughlin, was lived one day longer. He was a stronger <laughs> people person, and we were also the original capital of the Oregon Territory. And uh, depends on who you talk to of the state, lots of politics involved. Sure. The first incorporated city west of the Mississippi. We were the power center. We have San Francisco's plot map because they incorporated here. I mean, you know we were because they they were spanish and then they incorporated here and um, cuz we were the town we were the uh, the place to the do seat. it we were the seat of government and so we have the ghosts to prove it and <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah and we so were the american did... area as well
1: oh okay yeah and so what year was Oregon City established
0: okay now established and incorporated are different things we were incorporated in 1844 okay we were established I think the first mill I think went in Dr. McLaughlin 1827 or 29 wow And then with that came the Hudson's Bay Company Trading Post, and then settlement and such a bit around that. And we were the end of the Oregon Trail, so the late 30s and early 40s were when we really started
1: taking off. That's the (laughs) 1830s and 1840s. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got Port Gamble beat by uh, nine years. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although Port Gamble never incorporated uh, as it was a company town and still Mm -hmm. is, but I, I just love places with some history um, and especially mill towns. And that, that started as a mill town. I, I feel like a kindred spirit there. It's, it's just a neat place. Um, Well, until
0: our mill in Oregon city closed down a few years ago, we had the, oldest continually operating industrial site in i think in the northwest definitely well, in the state but i think yeah. in the northwest yeah we've also got the second largest waterfall by volume in the in north well at least in the u.s if not north america um, it's not tall but when it looks when you consider volume niagara is the only one bigger yeah. And the second longest northerly flowing river in the world, and we had the first le- long-distance power trans electrical power transmission in the country. And <laughs> I've also heard that it wasn't just a country, but in the world. I'm not sure about that part. Um, but you know, it's a it's an area of a lot of firsts. We've got an, int- we've yeah, got an interesting and- history. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and just I mean just for the age of it on the West Coast is mm-hmm. just I I find that just fascinating. Like I understand, you know, um, like with Port Gamble's history, you know, starting in eighteen fifty three here, um, you know, people on the East Coast were like, yeah, that's that's nothing. We've got, mm-hmm. got way older stuff. But for the West Coast, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to be on that kind of the edge of the earth, basically, you know, at that time, the edge of land, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, people couldn't really go any farther, um, you know, much farther. You know, it's the end of the Oregon Trail. So it's just, it's just always fascinated me. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a house there that's um, got a pretty important history to the Northwest and and Oregon, uh, and the ermitinger House, right. And so, tell us a little bit about that because. When you're done with that, I'll tell you about something I saw there, and I didn't even go in. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: that'll be interesting. Now, you can spend hours talking about Ghost Stories of the Irma Tanger House. Um, it's in its third location. We think part of the reason why we have so many ghosts in Oregon City is the houses moved, the graves were moved, it's like, you know, nothing's settled. And um, and it makes sense because you have, like where the urban tanger house is now, when that area first developed, it had large houses with big plots of land. Not sections like you would with farming and that kind of thing, but um, large farms with big plots of lands. And then... You subdivide the land, you put in streets, and the houses get moved to reflect the new planning and that kind of thing. Sure. And eh, when you've got cemeteries on Main Street, you dig them up when that's no longer a church, and you can, at least you say you, you dig them up. Yeah. Whether or not you actually do it can be a little debated. But the <laughs> yeah. Emma Tinger house was built in 1843. We know it was there by 1843 it could have been a little earlier but officially we say 1843 okay. because we found okay. receipts for repair from that date
1: Oh wow. and
0: it was built for john mclaughlin had the hudson bay company build it for francis hermitinger and his mm-hmm. wife his wife was, was mclaughlin's granddaughter oh, and okay. there was a bit of an age difference um and the people that came out here, no matter how good and nice they were, um, they weren't always that good and nice all the way through. You had to be kind of rough and tumble in a sense to m- make it out here and to want to come out here and yeah. um, to survive out here. Even if you had all the right China and silver and the wealthy people in Oregon City in those days did. Um, the McLaughlin House table looked just like any mansion stable on the east coast sure. but um, <laughs> you had to have something going that was a mm, something a little on the seedy side basically to make it work and Irma Tinger I think he was honest but he got in trouble with the Hudson's Bay Company a lot for a, a lot of reasons anyway yeah. they were only here for like three years and um the house was in a boarding house, and it was a rental. It's, it's been all kinds of things, but it's where the city of Portland was named. Right. And there was a coin toss. The founders of Portland had all, cleared all the trees, and so everybody was nicknaming it Stump Town, and uh, <laughs> that didn't sell property very well. So at a dinner party... <laughs> i wonder why (laughs) yeah best two out of three of the coin toss and um, we became portland instead of boston and the historical society the state historical society claims to have that coin I've coin I've, i've seen the coin they claim now how on earth they could know i mean maybe maybe these guys set it aside and
1: Kept it. Maybe it sat in a glass case or something for a long time. or Yeah,
0: yeah it could be. I'm not going to say it's not true, but it also seems a little strange to me that...
1: It's that specific coin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but they, we've had, you know, ghost stories. There was a docent in the house that the ghost didn't like. When they first opened the house as a museum, they had a live-in docent. And she'd be upstairs in bed and she'd hear parties and laughter and people talking and music and there'd be nobody in the house. And she hear this coin toss and hit the ground, you know, the floor, the wood or something. And, um, she'd complain about this quite a lot. Uh, you'd go into the house and there were these crosses kind of in oil above all the doorways upstairs, not downstairs. And, No matter how many times they painted them, they'd come back. And we just did a million dollar renovation on the house because the city of Oregon City literally let it fall to pieces. We got a grant to get the windows fixed because the glass was falling out of the panes or out of the frames. And they took the windows out and the uh, second floor dropped about three inches. Oh, like the windows were the only thing holding the house together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they did a quick evacuation. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: And, um, and so it, it took a lot to fix it. Um, and that's not all city money. They're all kinds of partners sure. from all over the place. Sure. And um, I'm on the friends group. I'm a, a board member with the friends group. And so I'm a little biased. And we used to do a lot of living history and stuff there. But we've had, I mean, even when we were writing that grant, Rocky was a new commissioner. He had his city laptop, which is new. I had a new um, portable printer that I'd never had a problem with. None of our electronics would work. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, do you want us to fix the house or not?
1: And everything worked. You just had to lay, lay, lay the law down to them.
0: Yeah, or you know, it's the little girl loves um, ribbons. She, there are two ch- different children, a boy and a girl, have been seen out of upstairs windows okay. um, by people, including people I know, and including by the fire department right behind. Oh wow! There, there was a chimney on the house that was not attached to anything. And often, it didn't matter winter, summer, hot, cold, whatever, you'd see smoke or steam coming out of it. It was white. And yeah, night or day, lots of people saw it. I saw it many times myself.
1: So did the the, uh, fire officers, like, go? I mean, were they always going over there to check? And then, or they just kind of, after a while, got used to it? Yeah,
0: because I mean, this was coming out the chimney. There wasn't any fire. And they, at times, we're known to have said that we, it can burn down and we'd be quite okay with that. Um, <laughs> because, it, you know, the house had a reputation. Chairs sure, sure. move. The current city employee has had chairs move. Other things move. Things aren't where she put them. And okay. you know, especially with the lockdown right now, there's nobody in the house except for her. And because uh, it's not open to the public. And um it's it's a mystical place there used to be a doll that would be in different places upstairs in the children's room and the little girl ghost loves ribbons
1: right i, I want to go there sometime that would be so cool i want to get in there and yeah. and check it out uh, just for do, the just for the history of it when you do um you have to make sure i give you the tour okay yeah well of course (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah no it's it's interesting so how long when was it opened as a museum in the 80s i
0: don't know i wasn't living around here at the time okay um or at least not in town at the time there had been a police station on the location it was in an old house pretty nice old house and there were some things that happened in the police station so they tore down that beautiful old house and moved in the old house on top of the site where the, the police station had been. And it was and that's part of why the house had so many problems. I think it wasn't it wasn't set up right and moved right. Yeah. Because they knew about the footprint of that old house, they knew about underground water. All the other houses didn't have a problem, but why this one? Yeah. I think yeah, it yeah. was shoddy contractors. And I'm not going to say for sure. I don't want to get sued. But (laughs) that's my humble opinion just based on super supposition. Yeah. So it was sometime in the 80s then that it was set up. um, Mrs. Powers, I believe her name was, bought that house and the Ainsworth house. And I think the Foster Farm, she bought a few of the historic places and turned them into museums. And some of them are still museums, some of them aren't. The Ainsworth House isn't anymore. Um, But she saved some of these. The Rose Farm was another one, which is where the first territorial governor was sworn in, the first territorial ball and inauguration. And that's you know that was right by where i went to junior high and um she saved these historic places and i'm a trustee with the organization that owns the rose farm too so you kind of get sucked into some of these things
1: <laughs> hey if 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 you feel it's something you got to be a part of then by all means mm-hmm. you know yeah. it, i it, mean it, it, it's important yeah. for Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the Irving Tinger house, um, I, like I said, I've only seen the outside. I have mm-hmm. never gone in and I think when I saw it, it must've been. Um, and in fact, I think I probably couldn't have gone in because I think it was when they were at, like what you're talking about with the floor dropping Mm-hmm. I remember that there was something going on with the house that was like uh, needed to be fixed or something. Okay. Uh, but anyways, I from across the road, um, looking, f- facing the house on the right-hand side, um, there was like kind of a, I don't know, it was like, it was, I don't know, not like a tower or, but there was like a little, Something that stuck up out of the roof, maybe. Or um, it was kind of on the side of the house. Were you on the right back next... or the front? Uh, my, well, I think I remember after... What's that? The front has pil- square pillars in the, in the... Okay, so it was
0: the back. Okay. And there's a, And there's a, a back piece that sticks up. The roof of the main house is flat, yeah. but this part has a peaked
1: roof. Yeah, and there was like maybe um, some vents or slats or like a small opening or something that was I could see.
0: There are a couple windows um, and a
1: door. Yeah, there a small and, door, and, not a full size one. And so, what I got a qu- quick glimpse of that kind of disturbed me at first was somebody hanging from a rope through that I could see through that opening. Really? And I thought it was a police officer that had hung himself. Um I don't Oh my god. It, it really disturbed me when I saw it. <laughs> so, oh
0: my god. Now I don't know if the police officer or if anybody actually hung on that site. But the incident that happened at the police station uh, was in the locker room, shower rooms, which were upstairs and at the back, which corresponds to what you, the area you were seeing. Yeah. And the area you were seeing was the only part of the house that felt really unwelcoming and, un, and nasty, not evil, but just mm-hmm. not good. You didn't want to be there. And Um, an officer killed himself there, but he shot himself. Is my understanding?
1: Oh, interesting. I don't think he hung himself. I think he shot himself. It creeped me out.
0: (laughs) I can understand that.
1: (laughs) Um. Um, Oh, interesting.
0: and And it could have been somebody was, I mean, killed in the hung themselves in the house that was there beforehand to be a combination of the two different pieces sure. together. It could have been simply of an indication of suicide.
1: Um, a symbol. Like a a symbol. A, an a image, officer. a symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well. <laughs>
0: that would shake you up, especially if you aren't used to having those kind of visions.
1: And it was right that at that time in my life that I was having that all that craziness going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Oregon Ghost Conference, um, and yeah, I just remember look I was just looking at the house, just kind of you know from a distance and checking mm-hmm. it out, and I just saw like somebody hanging from a rope through this opening, mm-hmm. and it, I felt like it was. It looked like a police officer's uniform, kind of yeah. like a, a tan, tan style of uniform or beige, you know, kind okay. of style of uniform. Awesome. Um, to me so yeah. uh, wow uh well yeah what maybe i don't want to go in there now no i'm just kidding Actually, <laughs> I've, I've that
0: great. area anymore doesn't feel the same way it feels
1: oh good maybe so, they moved on maybe
0: yeah and he wasn't stuck there anyway it was that energy and such it was there yep. it's not it wasn't his soul um every suicide i've i've dealt with or worked with is been thriving and very happy on the other yeah. side, and, yeah. and doing really well. But there used to be water in there a lot, shower rooms, mm-hmm. because you know the roof wasn't leaking, but either yeah, there'd be water on the floor, yeah. and one of the side windows would open. Nobody'd open it, but you yeah. had to let them
1: close it. Um, See, again, that's, inter- like that's interesting. Steam. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that there's. It sounds like there's a. I mean, there's a lot of physical movement or physical mm-hmm. a portion of things like water showing up mm-hmm. or the the oil um, crosses, right? Yeah, um, I think I started
0: seeing a little bit of one coming through the uh, last time I was in the house, which was oh wow. uh, a few weeks ago.
1: Well, it'd be scary. interesting. You have to look for it. I mean,
0: yeah. it sure. it was starting to. Starting to come through just a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, well it'll be interesting now, next time you can get in there, um, definitely let me know if if they're back. But it yeah. is interesting that I mean there's so much physical activity there, and there's just one person that lives there, right? That's that takes care of it. Nobody lives that. there anymore. It's nobody just, lives there anymore, so it's empty. No.
0: Okay. Yeah. The um it was at the very beginning when it was being run as a museum that oh, I live in um, the ghost didn't like her because in fact they'd lock her in closets and stuff um, yeah that's not cool <laughs> no but it turns out she was selling drugs out of the house to raise bail money for her grandson who was in jail for selling drugs
1: oh my goodness is it Oregon City <laughs> I was gonna say, is the house making people crazy? No, I mean it was just <laughs>
0: crazy. So you know,
1: yeah, they didn't like her. Um, you know, you just can't write real life, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. That's and that's cool.
0: And this was in the '80s. I mean, it just makes yeah. in so many
1: ways. It makes sense. Yeah, that um, well, makes it even better. That's an '80s story.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so we have a we have a city. Staffer that works with the house um, part time, and she's in it Fridays and Saturdays um, yeah. on her own, but during the day. and yeah. um, And those are the days, and we're also open when we're allowed right. to be open. Right yeah. now, with.
1: Well, like let me happens. let me ask you this. So you mentioned, if she's there, you know, with an emphasis on during the day. In, I mean, do you get stuff all? All day, you know. Do you? Everyone thinks that ghosts only or spirits only come out at night, right? <laughs> when it's dark. But I mean, uh, um, what's what's kind of the most active time of the day for you as a as a medium? Anytime.
0: <clears throat> it's they're they're here when they're here and they're around all the time. Nobody's in the Urmotinger house at night. I mean, they have been lately because. We've done some events. I've done some classes. Um, the group mm-hmm. and the city are open to talking about and working with the paranormal aspect of the house. And that's so, good. but nobody's been in it alone. I mean, yeah. and we've had activity at night, but lights and chairs
1: and you name it, that's all activity that happens during the day. Yeah, it's. It- just goes to show you it happens time during the day it's just usually mm-hmm. during the day we don't notice as much we just we just may not notice as many, as many things because of noise pollution and you know there's all whatever's going on in your life at the time yeah so
0: and it's, you know it's something to think about too i i was asked to do an investigation once and i said okay the guys that asked me his team didn't want to go because the place was demonic.
1: Oh, jeez. I,
0: I roll my eyes at that. but I'm, And I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to offend people that are believing in such, and I, I don't mean it the way that came out. But, and I knew yeah. the area where the house was and wasn't too far from where I lived in Portland. And I thought, okay, sure. And he said, great, we'll get there about 11 o'clock at night and spend all night and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going oh that doesn't sound like fun because um, <laughs> once i get to know whoever the ghosts are it's like okay i'm done um you know i've yeah. had my conversations yeah. i've made friends now i can leave <laughs> yeah. but um i said well what time does the activity happen he said from three to six in the afternoon and i said well why don't we go from three to six in the afternoon then he hadn't thought of it yeah. but uh-huh. find out you know when the activity is you don't have <laughs> to do it at night I don't like doing it at night with the lights off. It's too easy to run into things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is very true. I'm sure uh, most uh, paranormal investigators and researchers have some pretty tough shins. uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, a hole in a floor or who knows what. And uh, And that
1: mm -hmm. just makes me think, you know, make sure if you're out investigating, your team has a first aid kit. Yep. And a safety kit with you just for mm-hmm. that, what William was just saying. You could step through a floor or you step in a hole and you could be in a world of trouble. So oh, if you're out there, if you're listening um, out there and, and you're out investigating, you don't have a first aid kit or any sort of safety items, um, there's resources out there um, for paranormal safety. Just Google that, paranormal safety and Mm -hmm. you'll find some some good resources on that and put a good kit together to have there um don't go ahead don't do places alone
0: i have a a friend that a good friend of mine in england and um he was exploring with another good friend of mine a, a house just off an old air force base and nobody else was in the house with him and he went upstairs and the house had some holes and floors and missing windows and stuff. But he went up into this bedroom and then closed the door behind him. And then noticed the door didn't have a handle on the inside.
1: Oh, he got stuck in there. Oh no. <laughs> the floor, you know, it's not like he could just crawl out and be on the ground
0: level. Yeah, out, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, the other people heard him and came, but if he would have been by himself, this was an area that didn't have cell reception. And um, right. he could have been stuck if he had been on his own. And yeah,
1: yeah, but yes, I, I yeah, you gotta make, you gotta have somebody that can go with you. I did a um, location read for three different locations one evening, mm-hmm. and it was like five hours solid between these three houses. That's just getting stuff and, and quite a drain. It, it was but I, I went On my own and it was an area That I was unfamiliar with um, And You know the people were cool and they were nice um, mm-hmm. You know you never know what you're getting You're getting into though and so that is Extremely valuable advice to never Go investigate alone because yeah What if you get stuck in a room somewhere In an abandoned building and
0: mm-hmm. Nobody
1: hears you um, Or so. what if
0: you wind up Meeting up with Shady characters, if you don't know, if you're going to a home and right. you don't know the people personally well, make sure you take somebody with you and make sure people know where you're going, just yeah. in case. I mean, yeah. I'm, I try not to be overly um, afraid of everybody, but there are some whack jobs out there.
1: Yeah, Well, usually the scariest things on a paranormal investigation are the living. That's right the dead so i'm yeah. not no, i'm not usually worried about the dead um <laughs> or the breathing the impaired yep. um, the paranormal
0: people beings are usually fine it's the, yeah. the rest of them that are <laughs> you know, you never know box, of, right. chocolates. box mm-hmm. of chocolates um oh that sounds good i could use some nice chocolate anyway sorry about that
1: squirrel no <laughs> mm-hmm. um Chocolate does sound good. So, kind of as you're talking about, you know, go, meeting with shady characters or you know, just make sure you're being safe. Now, as a medium, you know, a psychic medium, you've been you've been doing this for for quite some time, and right. you've got to experience a lot of really interesting things. Um, and you've done quite a bit of world traveling. And so I want to ask, I want to ask like, um, in one of your trips to England, Mm -hmm. um, now not shady living people, did you ever come across any spirits, entities that were kind of nasty or uh, that you were maybe a little nervous about? Did you experience any of that in England? Actually, no. All
0: right. And you know, in Malmesbury at the Old Bell, the oldest um, purpose-built hotel in England, I saw the gray lady, the lady in black. Um, she was more real than real, actually. She was right next to me. I was looking straight, and she was on the staircase right here. so I didn't see all yeah. of her figure because I was afraid to turn my, if I turned my head, she would leave you know or vanish right away so i kept like that so but you could smell the dress even oh, and the, wow. next, the next year I, I stayed at that hotel they put me in her room where she would killed herself peaceful nothing um right. i've been i haven't come across anything i've watched rituals i've watched sacrifices i've seen people i know including me as part of those things in past lives i've seen all this stuff but i didn't ever come across usually i wander around awestruck and hoping i don't step on an adder
1: <laughs> I'm Sure, well, they so, and,
0: and they're not very nice
1: so when you when you say um you've seen a ritual or a sacrifice. I mean, it, are you, you're seeing it psychically? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, yeah. You, not, not not with your eyes, but you're seeing it psychically. Right. Now, when here. you're, when you're doing that, is there, are you trying to focus on any one thing or are you just, when you start to see something, um, you know, I focus on what, the what, do, you do? what do you do. I, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I open up and focus and allow whatever the site wants to show me to come through.
1: And so more of like just like rec- more of just you you want you're just really receiving, not trying to put focus. out put exactly. stuff out there. You're just receiving. Interesting.
0: Because mm-hmm. I'm interested in history. I'm interested in seeing what's going on. What did it really look like in such and that, you know, of course I so many things I can't prove. Some things I can. Um, you go into the museum afterwards or in the different thing, and they'll have that fits and says exactly other times you can't but mm-hmm. um i I open to look, and often it has something that's relevant to me personally okay. which, um, for me. Um, but, often uh, they show past life
1: right, right, so i mean is it do you think that? There's a correlation to if um, something that you're more passionate about, you may tend to, um, you know, you'll see like that aspect of a historical time, uh, you know, psychic replay, a psychic, you know, a vision that you're seeing. Will you kind of more focus in on the things that you were maybe more interested, you would be more interested in that time?
0: No, because some of these places have histories that have, where they've been used. I'm thinking of Avebury, and which actually goes back to about 3000 BC. It's a little older than Stonehenge. Stonehenge, um, it was started in the Neolithic 2500-2600 BC, and then used for a thousand years into the Bronze Age. Um,
1: that's crazy to burial, me.
0: <laughs> burial mounds and, you know, burial cairns and such. And right. they have such a, a long history, whatever they want to show me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. much of it, we don't have a lot of evidence for what they were used for. And there's right. speculation that matches what I've come up with, but not necessarily hardcore
1: fact. And um, Nothing has been discovered yet, but it seems like they're always discovering something new hmm you know. And some
0: of it I'd like to find out a little bit more about. I'm yeah. um, going to do some more research about a name, something in Exeter that a friend of mine and I were both picking up together. Um, okay. It is a little bit of a shock when you're sitting in the pub Francis Drake used to hang out in, and then you look out the window and he's looking in at you. But it wasn't scary. <laughs> it's the middle of the afternoon. You're in for lunch and right. you know it wasn't scary but it was just there look up and then he's gone and you look around outside and there's nobody there
1: and you're like huh, was that a was that a cosplay person or yeah. <laughs>
0: and you know drake had a pretty uh pretty unique face and
1: yes. mud about
0: him he he was he was one that would stand out in the crowd
1: did he have the big hat on i don't remember exactly okay um
0: that was in 2014, and he may have, but I didn't, you know, I just saw the bit that I could yeah. see through the,
1: yeah. the glass that, so, that wasn't bottled glass type thing. So would you say, um, now you studied history, you're, you're a student of history. Right. Uh, would you say I'm the, the Neolithic, ones. you know, European history is something that's, you know, what's, what's kind of your favorite era of history that you've studied?
0: The further back the better. The Mesopotamian society civilizations. Okay. The Fertile Crescents. The places I can't get to because they're throwing bombs and bullets at each other. That's where you that's, that's where I really want them.
1: Yeah. So okay. The I
0: can get to those,
1: the better. Right. Um, and you've spent some time in, in Turkey and Egypt. Um, talk a little bit about your experiences in, in Egypt, because, uh, if, if you don't follow William on Facebook, when he goes on his travels, there's lots of neat photos that that he'll post along his travel. And so it's almost like you can kind of go there with him. Uh, but talk a little bit about some of what you experienced and some of, uh, um, your favorite stuff about what you saw and experienced. and But before we do that, I'll just do uh, take a second and say, it's Paranormal Pete Show. We're on Episode 7 here with William Becker on Let's Talk Radio. And that's WLTKDB.com. And my guest tonight, William Becker, is a good friend of mine. And I also want to make sure and get this out there. Uh, definitely check out ParanormalInsights.net. And that's um, William's website, and he does um, a lot more than just world <laughs> traveling. <laughs> Although I'm sure that's what he'd like to do the most of. That's um, true. His problem called money. Yeah, yeah, that darn thing. Um, yeah. But he's a psychic medium uh, who does readings and mentors psychic coaching. Uh, he teaches classes and workshops and specialty tours. Um, and with a, you know, he's got a good, strong emphasis on history, and, which is, I think, is super important in the paranormal. So I just want to take a second to drop, uh, put that out there, uh, so make sure people me. can find you um, mm-hmm. if they want to learn more. So, anyways, we were just talking about you getting to visit Egypt, and uh, so yeah, sure, tell us a little bit about what it was like and, and what you experienced and what you liked about it.
0: Lots and lots of heat is part of what I experienced. <laughs> and I was there in late May and June. Um,
1: That's pretty hot.
0: <laughs> that was, I mean, it's 107 in the shade, and there isn't any. Um, Egypt is amazing. Now, I'd like to have taken a tour that It was built as a history tour. Um, it was a great tour, but we didn't get quite as much as we wanted actually i'll just say a couple of things um right now before we get into the locations if you want to go to egypt my suggestion is you get a good travel agent a new book a very good reliable tour through a very reliable tour company you will be disappointed in what you don't get to see but that's life. whenever you're traveling it's impossible to see everything you want to see sure but Egypt well let's just say when we were in Cairo um, every time we left the hotel the hotel sent an armed guard with us looked like a secret service guy yeah and half of my trip was on a Nile cruise and we didn't have we didn't have armed guards. Visible at least on the boat there may have been there. I don't know if some of the staff had was trained that way But there was nothing we saw but everywhere we went in the motor coaches and we were a small group um, Every village had armed guards there were checkpoints and Barricade things in the roads you had to go through and around all the time. There were times when we had an armed jeep with a bunch of people with guns escorting us to the site and back
1: how, how, how did that, i mean did that kind of just put you on edge or how did you feel about that
0: actually i really liked it because okay nobody looked stressed okay the people were laughing they were having a good time i've got a great picture of one of the armed guards on the on the dock area where we were docked one time outside his, his gun is propped up against next to him and he's sound as, sitting there sound asleep early <laughs> in the morning um, and with this too we stayed in five, this five star hotel you could use ice you could okay. have an ice drink uh-huh. um, you could eat a, a green salad you know things like that yeah the same kind yeah. of thing on the ship um the hygiene was good the water was good they never give you enough bottled water and always make sure never if you're buying water from a vendor or something never let them unscrew it you unscrew the top and make sure that it's the seal is there you know how it's So
1: re- refill it. exactly um that is a great travel trip everyone out there listening when it's safe to travel Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter where you're at don't let people open your water for your bottle water for you (laughs) that's a great tip william i'd have never thought of that
0: and um and i've got it from people who have lived in egypt and stuff at times and even then i you know you still wind up getting a bit of touches something here or there um i did and they have great pills that the guide gives you that takes care of it and it works really well and but a guide knows how to keep you safe knows the information and when you're it costs a little bit more but your experience i think is a whole lot better and a lot worth it you don't want to shoot you don't even want to try to cross the street, let alone drive over there. Yeah. I mean, things like headlights, using headlights at night are optional. Most people <laughs> don't because they don't want to. Yeah. And that's not just in Cairo where you've got lots of lights. It's in little places. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> that's kind of wild. <laughs> it's just very different. And people wanting money from you every time you turn around. I got. I started getting pretty angry, actually, about it. Yeah. Which... And I, I had compassion. I understood tourism was down and all the rest of it. But it was, it got to be too much. Yeah, um,
1: I imagine that you know, and even as you know, empathic as you are, you know, you you soak up all that those people's stress and stuff as you're walking around. And I can imagine it would make me, I would, I would get upset too. I think, you know, yeah. just and yeah. I lose my patience, but. Well, so, I mean, I I know you didn't see a mummy or anything like that, but, <laughs> or maybe um, one that yeah, so I did, I saw lots of them. Did you see any that were moving?
0: <laughs> no, but I did see King Tut sit up out of his coffin a few times to show me how he raised his soul raised out of his mummy.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Just because because his, how, how his it exited. Yeah. His sarcophagus was in his tomb the time and I honestly don't remember if his mummy was in the sarcophagus or not. Seems like it was because it mm-hmm. seems like I I saw the mummy in the tomb, but I'm not gonna swear which eye I saw it with. These two or this one.
1: Okay. You know?
0: Okay. Um, sure. sure. Because I saw the sarco- the spirit rise out of it. It was like yeah. sitting up and he did it three times for me.
1: Yeah. Now in your, in your work as a psychic, I mean, especially when you're in some of these really historical places, do you, I mean, are you more, um, what's kind of your strong player that, that, you know, information comes in, what's kind of the strong one for you?
0: Oh, it just depends. A lot of it I'm showing. Like <laughs> them. Yeah. Cause I, everything, they all work and usually it's, It's visual with an understanding that goes with it. Sometimes you can hear in the mind what Mm -hmm. is going on with it. Um, In places like this, there are always distractions and you never have enough time. I had 15 minutes in each of the four tombs in the Valley of the Kings that we went to. That was it. Yeah, Yeah, that Um, goes Yeah. So you're limited into what you can really, really do. But um lots of visual lots of storytelling and a certain amount of understanding some of it directly talking to me as well um yeah. telepathically you know mm-hmm. psychically um more than audibly and since i yeah. don't speak egyptian or arabic it's good <laughs> that it's telepathic because you know if you're reading yeah. the the thought and the intent you're not reading the language yeah and so that makes it a lot easier. Can,
1: yeah. And, like, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, was there, did you have any sort of physical experience something physical, anything like that, that you noticed not as much psychical, but maybe was there any sort of other experience in, in Egypt or I guess Turkey? Cause you went to some pretty cool places there.
0: Yeah. Um, do you know, mean
1: physical experience, like see, actually seeing an apparition or something yeah, like or that? Yeah, or hearing like you know a disembodied voice, you know, anything like mm-hmm. that. Or...
0: Um, I'm not going to say for sure about a disembodied voice. Probably, I'm not quite sure. I hear them a lot, and so yeah. they yeah. don't always register anymore. Sure. And there are so many sounds and sights going on all the time. Anyway, that. A lot of times I just I don't pay attention and I don't notice them right Um, so that's a little hard and sometimes I forget to pay attention first of all I have to close my mouth because my jaws on the ground because I'm in this place that I've always wanted to be yeah I'm seeing these things that I've wanted to see since I was old enough to hold the National Geographic on my own couldn't read the words but could look at the pictures yeah Um, so sometimes I, I have to remember to turn on, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but then you can see, you can see the workmen, um, the scribes painting the prayers. You can see the workmen chiseling the reliefs. You can see the people working on the statues. You can see, I mean, you can see everything, um, at least in flashes and bits and pieces you could see the priests that knew that this was all a matter of money and power and control and it didn't really exist, but the public needed it. Right. They expected it and partly be- and also then partly because it was, it was to keep the public happy, but also to keep some concept of civil unity and civilization as a people, a culture, an order. Mm-hmm. You could see other ones that believed it. You could see people in the crowds that believed in those who didn't, but understood the purpose. You could see the ones that were from other places, you know, in the past. Right, right. um, And what they were doing, because you'd have the conversation with them. They were there. Um, And... I wish I could read the living judge, you know, get the feelings from the living as far as character and everything else as well as they do out of the dead. <laughs>
1: you probably you have a leg up in life if you had that, right? Well, I, I sure
0: would have made some better choices at times in my life. Um, <laughs> but it's, well, it, part of my philosophy is the more we can see and understand the world around us, the fuller and richer life is. And so much of that world is a world that isn't really manifest in our own time and space and dimension. And we need our psychic abilities to see and experience that. And it's, it's not the same as a lived thing, but, you know, that's, not necessarily a bad thing. Life yeah. wasn't all that great in any of these places at any of these times.
1: I was just going to ask if you learned anything from visiting these historical sites and getting um, some, you know, clairvoyance on on what's going on, or you know, being able to see in the past. Have you learned anything other than times probably weren't that great? <laughs> that I knew anyway. Um, <laughs> actually, you can get a sense
0: of some of the. Suffering but also some of the things that we think of would be suffering but aren't I mean people used to think that the slaves built the t- pyramids and the temples or the and the burial tombs and stuff and that's not true they were highly skilled stonemasons mm-hmm. and such that were well fed and well taken care of and made made their money this way and um you weren't hauling big stones over long periods. They moved the Nile. They build channels and right. float things and right. close and yes. um, so there's stuff like that. And learning and I can't, you know, I have no way of proving if I'm right. But the sense of some people understood, and especially some of the people in power. And then the priesthood, but not just that, but some of the more well-educated people mm-hmm. of the society understood that so much of the ritual and everything was about cultural unity and about not reality with the gods. Right. And one one of the things that I find everywhere is that although you don't need ritual to get into that sacred core space ritual it didn't matter if it's a catholic mass or uh, a neolithic ceremony in a stone circle or an egyptian rite or what Mm -hmm. if they're done well they can take you there too if you're open and ready to go but yeah, you don't yeah. need them to go. You can go there on your, on your own actually a lot easier than the <laughs> ritual <Richard> can. <laughs> sure. And, so,
1: well, let me ask you, William. I mean, can, can anybody, in your opinion, um, can anybody learn to look into the history like that?
0: I think so. Um, that's part, one of the things I really like to help teach um, and work with people on
1: and yeah. developing
0: that. Um,
1: yeah, and you know, I'll say you know i I've taken your class um, you know, a couple times. I've helped teach the class with you too. Yeah,
0: we've done some great co-teaching. I' love it.
1: Yeah, it, it, well thank you. <laughs> um, so i've I have been trying to ask all my medium friends that I have on the show what their opinion is. I think if anybody, you know, anybody can learn to do this and so far unanimously, including my own opinion is yes, Mm -hmm. that everybody has these gifts in them. It's just a matter of finding them and recognizing them. Right. You know, I I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anybody, you know, listening out there, you're not quite sure how it works or how could it, how could you do it? You know how I don't, I couldn't do that. You know, uh, I used to think that, yeah, wow, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> and look at me, weirdo. Now, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I've always
0: had a corrupting influence,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you're listening out there, I mean, everybody can learn to do this. Um, and you know, there's some easy ways to do it look up classes, you know, try and find, um, you know. A reputable person, you know, check out reviews. Um, if you're in the Northwest, you can, you know, William does stuff. Uh, when I'm sure when COVID has less of an impact on things, we'll all be doing more events and there'll be more resources. And so and keep I teach online. Yeah, um, yeah. Virtual classes right now and everything. Mm-hmm. And I give readings
0: um, online, you know, with the visual call or something.
1: Yeah. That's oh. you know we're we're all rolling with it and and mm-hmm. you know get working that way and I think a, l- a lot of mediums can work any remotely anyways, right? Um, and
0: you know even over the phone it works. It's just for me it's a little easier, a little bit nicer if I can see the person. Um, I would
1: I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean everybody if if you put a l- little bit of time into it. I think everybody does have the they have some sort of gift. Everybody's a little different, you know, as far as how they get information or receive information, you know. One of the easiest things is is feeling, you know, the empath uh, the empath part, but in what you can recognize what energy, electromagnetic field or uh, electromagnetic resonance, or whatever you want to call a ghost, or whatever it is, once you feel it and can recognize what's different in your body and how it feels, you'll recognize it in the future moving forward. Right. And you can keep track of how
0: your brain feels, just how do you receive things, and how that differs from your imagination. And then right. keep track of the things you can confirm. Yes. I mean, when you keep keep a diary, keep something and when you've got something confirmed, write it down that it was confirmed. If you can't confirm it one way or another, put that down. If you are shown that what you picked up is wrong, put that down. And what's, what's wrong about it? Because sometimes we'll get an image where like we were talking with you saw the guy hanging was it that he hung or was this now an image for a suicide or sure. you know is it, is it a combination of two people um, two different events or just yep. just what
1: um, well, and then you add the then you add the seer or the person experiencing it in there too and then I could have perceived something that was totally different than was actually going on right there but that's how I perceived it so yeah exactly exactly. yeah and yeah
0: so but definitely i encourage people to work with people um i had different people i've worked with exploring and stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of my life um formal teachers not a lot some but um you can wind up you can wind up with a lot of I want to say garbage, but I don't want to, you know, (laughs) you can wind up with a lot of stuff hanging on to you that isn't necessarily helpful if you don't have some ideas about what you're doing.
1: Yep. That's where it's important to work with somebody who has some experience that can Mm -hmm. help teach you about grounding and centering and cleaning yourself off. And what William's, I think, referring to of garbage or whatever that gets stuck to you is is energy, other people's energy, uh, the dead or the living. But
0: I think you know, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah.
1: For it's you're just kind of you're a sponge for mm-hmm. energy, and once you soak up as much as you can handle, then it starts to build up, and then you know, then it just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So uh, having somebody to teach you about grounding and, and kind of hitting the Hitting the refresh button on your energy in your soul, mm-hmm. you know, to that kind of helps clean all that stuff off of you. And wow. Willie, you've when I first met you and, and taking a class, um, you had a different approach to, you know, because I think a lot of people when they they're wanting to learn about psychic work um, or you know opening themselves or they want to be a psychic, and so they'll maybe you know, take a night school course or whatever, you know, it might be. Uh I think the impression is always, you have to meditate and you have to, you know, "Mm," you know, there's this, this connotation of of meditation to be a psychic. And Mm -hmm. you had a, a different approach to that, which just, it made sense to me and I've carried it forward too. And, um, and what is introduced to me by you and it was called hyper focus, um, or just, you know, the thinking of, well, I mean, who can, who can e- easily meditate? I, not a lot of people, <laughs> the majority of people I think have a, I mean, what about you, uh, out there list, uh, the listeners out there, can you just meditate really easy? Um, I would venture to say, no, (laughs) most people, uh, my brain doesn't turn off, but the concept that that you introduced me to was to go with it. Um, you know, if your brain is, you know, going, you know, as fast as it usually does just go with it and then just kind of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm seeing this, it's weird, whatever it's, it's, my brain's telling me to see this. Now, what details do I see? And then you start to build, you know, off of that and details. And then before you know it, you're in the same place that it, you would have taken you a long time trying and frustration of trying to meditate by just going with your thoughts and letting them go where th- where they may. But then focusing on detail and detail and detail and kind of niching down you know and it, it's that just kind of always stuck with me and i've carried it forward just because it makes sense and
0: yeah uh, thank you
1: and the other part of, to that though is
0: that's per, that's really good as far as helping for a vision or something or these pieces to come but the other part then too is when it's just monkey mind as it's called <laughs> just acknowledge it and let it go Yeah. And I mean, meditation isn't emptying your mind. It's releasing what's coming mostly. Right. Because, shoot, I have ADHD. I mean, you know, (laughs) I think we all do in some way. Right. Yeah. The squirrel never stops. Um, Exactly. I mean, that was still running at 3 a.m. this morning when I was in been in bed for a few hours (laughs) trying to sleep. Um, and so that's, that's another piece to go with it. It's kind of the flip side of the piece you said, and it's, you figure out when to do which it comes, it feels right. It's natural. Your instincts tell you. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many different forms of meditation as far as, you know, Vespasana is what I started out with Mm -hmm. and, um, that took me to another form that's basically the same, but had different pieces to it. Yeah. And now when I, when I do sit, it's each time is different. It's yeah. whatever it's supposed to be. And yeah. don't get hung up on experiences, especially when you're new at it, because you'll have some things happen that are pretty amazing and pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as you keep learning and developing and growing those things might not happen anymore they're parts of awakening and awareness and um you don't want to hang on to what was you want to be constantly open to what is
1: right or what's coming and
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and so don't hold yourself back by trying to repeat experiences
1: exactly that's a great point you know, don't, yeah, don't get stuck on one thing because as in regular human life, you're always learning your perspective changes, you know, everything just kind of changes naturally over time for the individual. So don't get stuck on, on one thing. And so anybody listening out there, even, you know, thinking about, looking into opening yourself or maybe you're, you know, just kind of getting into it and had some crazy experiences or whatever. Um, if you're having troubles trying to focus, try, try the idea of, you know, going with the monkey brain, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, accepting it and being able to release that, uh, by focusing on details. And, um, one thing that I've told, um, clients and and other students too, is, you know, it's a little different for everybody. Everyone's brains are going to go to a different type of thing, but whatever it is, maybe try and start to, you know, start with visualizing a landscape first. You know, if you're wanting to get it in the zone, you know, the quote unquote zone, whatever, (laughs) you know, uh, I found that it helps if your mind is going a million miles an hour and you're trying to just slow down and, and focus and be in the present and really feel um, everything around you, then it, it's a lot easier if you can start by building a land, you know, visualizing a landscape first. Where does your brain want to take you? Is it a forest? Is it a concrete jungle? Is it you know a lake? Wherever it might be. Start with that and then start looking around with your mind for any details and notice those details and then just keep niching down on those. And like mm-hmm. I said, before you know it, you might get kind of a, a funny sensation that goes, you know, from your head to your toes and uh, you're in a place then where you can talk to your own consciousness, you know, mm-hmm. and just... That's right. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, don't you feel like you have to look inward before you can look outward in some ways?
0: I'm trying to decide if it's inward before outward or if you do both simultaneously. Because when you're looking inward, you're looking outward at the same time. Sure. Um, For me, when I go inward particularly, it's into this place I call it a fourth dimension it's a universe inside of us that is part of the connected universe and it's so much more than us and so going in there is out of me but in me if that makes any sense
1: um sure you know my thinking william anything's possible yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you know another another thing to do, you can try to now with this it's awareness meditation it's focusing on the breath usually yeah. or you could have a word or something and you look at the detail
1: yeah
0: and then you could, or you could use as a line or a phrase of something meaningful for you yes and just focus on those words or you can Focus on a question that you might have. And you may Um, receive an answer, right? Exactly. Um, There are lots of different kinds of things that you can use for a focus. And sometimes it's the one that comes to you. Sometimes it's one that you bring with you. Right. And sometimes you start out with one and go with something else that comes to you. (laughs) Exactly. Because that's what, you know, we think in our minds that we know what it is we need to we need from a session or what we want to learn or, or be, but Mm -hmm. our connection, I don't want to use the word subconscious, just kind of how it feels, but our connection to that larger universe Mm -hmm. will come in and direct us a lot
1: of times. Yeah. Our connection connection to spirit and like you said, you know, the, the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. I think there's that, um, you know, one thing I, I've heard you, I've seen you teach on it and, and speak about it, kind of talks to that being connected with the bigger, you know, the bigger universe out there. Mm-hmm. And and we almost kind of touched on it when you were talking about the pyramids and that they were built by very skilled stone masons, mm-hmm. And... Um, no, I think that's where the Freemasons are born, right? Back then. I don't know. I've okay. been trying to look up some of that and I From I what, think, I, like what I, I understand. Uh-huh. It's from that time. And the so I was gonna kind of jump into your thoughts on the Akashic record. Okay. And it's I think if I if I remember correctly, and um Going off my head here, so if you're listening out there and I'm wrong, my apologies, but going off memory um, from some conversations I've had with um, certain people, um, but that there was the Acacians or um, the Acacia tree, which is where the first Mason, he was murdered and they couldn't find his body. Uh, his his fellow masons couldn't find his body or something and then they got the acacia people and they ended up they helped them find this you know who became the first freemason or the you know um, way back when Google I believe says it says
0: the masons were the Freemasons were founded in 1717
1: um, well the go go back farther yeah. <laughs> No, I think I, I, I think you're right. I could be wrong, but um, anyways, I wanted to talk about the acacia record, and I I just remember learning about some connection with the acacia record and and mm-hmm. people in Egypt around the time when the pyramids were being built. The, I think they were called the Akashians. Um But so, what is the I mean, what is it to you, the Akashic Record? What is it? I mean, a lot of people may not have heard of it. Uh, I think it's really interesting. The Akashic Record to me is a place that's the seed of all
0: knowledge, of all that is. And we have access to it. Um, and we each have our own book. And a lot of our our existence is in that. But we have access to other things as well. Now, one of the things we have there is a guide. And I always go and talk to my guide there. His name's Robert. And I ask my guide, I ask Robert, what it is I need to see? Or where is it that I need to go? Because there's so much there that I could go off on or if I have a particular place or particular something I want to do or go or see then I'll ask about that right and um, that includes working with um, a non-human beings um, elemental for lack of a better better word a lot of the the metaphysical creatures or creatures of folklore or something that I have had experience with physically, not just metaphysically, and seem to be interdimensional. Okay. Um, We exist in other places and come back and forth through here, which explains why we don't have the same contact. I mean, explains a lot of things about the myths and legends and why we don't find remains and, you know, things like that.
1: So do you think that accessing, you know, the seed of knowledge, um, you mentioned that you have a guide that works with you. Um, I like that you also mentioned again that it's, you're asking what, what is it that I need to see? Mm Because I'll tell you, I've tried to uh, expand my experience and my, Journey to, you know, what can I learn from that? How do I access it? You know, everything. And it's something I've always kind of struggled with. And I think it's probably, I mean, it's just kind of dawning on me now that it's because I'm trying to go see, I'm trying to seek the answers, but maybe more of it needs to be more of I need to listen. And what am right. I going to? What, what do I need to be shown? And I think that that's an important thing. And I hope uh, people listening out there, you know, um, if you're sensitive or you know, uh, empathic, psychic medium, psychic, whatever it is, um, I think that's a great point to always remember. And I think it's easy for to forget is to we're there to you know communicate sometimes but it's more we we will we're there to receive this knowledge receive this information mm-hmm. when it's supposed to happen
0: <laughs> exactly and that's part of why i asked too is the timing and and making sure that's right if people jump in without the right timing they can get themselves into a bit of a mess i mean just mm-hmm. um mentally um physically um what kind of beings you start collecting around you i i took a little break from a lot of the work because i didn't have healthy people around me that were working with um, psychic work and parent metaphysical things in general and i was you know having all these little black things flying around my apartment and that wasn't evil or anything but it was like nah let's get rid of all this and then We'll start again. We'll just, We'll expand again later. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was also visiting a friend. Friends of mine that had a very haunted house and a very haunted location. And I mean, this shoot. I'd drive home from their house, and every night when I drive home, there'd be this figure in the back, just seat of my car, dry, just grinning. I quit <laughs> You're walking. Right. Yeah, I quit walking there because it was. And this was, I was in my 20s, and so I hadn't, I, you know, I hadn't come nearly as far with this work. And so I would get more uncomfortable, and um, it was, there was just too much going on, and a lot of it was non-human energy up there that just, and it was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not yeah. going to walk there anymore. Yeah. At least not yeah. at night. During the daytime, it was okay.
1: So, I mean, when you were kind of experiencing that, was that kind of um, was that kind of you know some some of the first times where you're thinking, you know, hey, and there's got to be some limits to this, and I got to be able to turn it off when I need to, or like, how did you take, you know, getting kind of creeped out, and you know, did you take it as a learning experience, or
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. and I and I learned ways to. Um, have the Hitchhiker in my car leave before I got home and I you know things like that, but as far as what was Filling in the apartment and different things yeah. that took yeah. a little bit longer and part of that was just associating With some of these people and they're people I liked and they weren't bad people and I worked with a bunch of them yeah. And this, you know, these are days at Portland State and different things and um of counterculture and a lot of great ways but i don't want to say misguided because i'm not going to say that people were unguided i think is a better word
1: unguided, yeah
0: and um so sure. then i quit and started learning some more and then doing things from a, a more guided place and some of yeah. that was through other people and some of it was just It wasn't researching through books. I uh-huh. um, haven't really read much on the subject. Um, but mostly because I haven't wanted to have somebody tell me how it's supposed to be done. Because <laughs> no, Yeah. Everybody's supposed to be right. done a different way. And it changes over time. It's not yeah. static. Sure.
1: So. Um, yeah, I totally agree Or As you go through time after you decide you want to be open and that you want to experience things yeah it, totally, it changes uh, how you get things where it comes from how it comes in and you know i, I feel like it changes it's like every couple of years there's like a shift at, right. at least for me that i've been noticing
0: yeah i've noticed uh, that in you and. You, the ways you, you practice and the way you do things um,
1: around it—it's—it's it's great. I love it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You t- you have to be open to change. You have to yeah. be open to things not always being the same with psychic work. You have to be willing to accept and grow with that change, and it can be kind of you know. Um it can be stressful if you're, if you're, you know, you feel like, you know, you, you saw stuff really clearly, you know, with clairvoyance, you know, and then now Mm -hmm. it's not really coming for you at all, but you seem to be more, you know, uh, clear, you know, sentient or where you're just getting the information and you just know it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but then you're like, well, I'm not seeing things much anymore and, it can be, you know, it can kind of stress you out. Like, oh, I'm losing this. Well, don't think of it as you're losing something. You're actually gaining somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if you're being honest with your intent and, and, you know, having, I guess the best way to say it is just an honest intent with psychic work, you'll grow no matter what. So don't, mm-hmm. you know, as things have changed for you, I mean, do you feel like it's just, you know, it changes in a, in a. There's a positive thing in in any oh, yeah. changes. I feel it's like you quote. know, mm-hmm. you're always learning. You know, right, and that's part of why
0: I like teaching too. Is I learn when I teach. I can <laughs> learn from my students. Yes. And yeah, and just the experience and the energy of being around different people. Uh, yeah, it can make a, it can make a big difference.
1: remember and when we could be around other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see. That was in 19- like a year
0: ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I found out today all my travel plans for this spring that were canceled, postponed from last spring, are now shoved off to this coming fall.
1: Well, fingers Wait. crossed. Now, where
0: are you going this time? Um, I've got a National Geographic History tour of Greece.
1: Oh, awesome! Based
0: on a program, a three-series program they did. With 5,000 years of history. Oh, awesome. And then a week of guided private tours in Crete. And then a two, work, two week history tour in Turkey. And then a week in Izmir, where friends of mine live. And so I'll get a chance to see them part of the time I'm there, depending on their schedules and oh, wow. work. And I'm trying to get to Gobekli Tepe somehow. I haven't figured it out yet. So maybe this extra time will give me a way to get down there, and yeah, so many it's, other
1: places. Yep, take the delays as there's there's a reason for it. You know, maybe
0: money will be better because
1: yeah, most
0: yeah. of it's paid for. But there are a couple. The big tours are all paid for. But yeah. um, I got my airfare returned from last time, and yeah. my hotel in Izmir returned my money last time, and so yeah. I've got it couple things i've got to pay again and i don't have all the money left that i was reimbursed <laughs> sure. you know, property sure. taxes and
1: oh yeah and life <laughs> yeah. Well, i look forward to well I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you that uh things are in a good place at that time where you can go and take the trip and i look forward to thank you see journey on that and hearing, hearing the stories, uh, what you experience over there. It's pretty cool. And, um, another thing I want to put out there for everybody. Now you've got your own show, uh, mm-hmm. that you've been doing. And I've had the pleasure of being a guest on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, tell us a little bit about your show. It's, it's, um, usually on Saturdays, right?
0: Usually on Saturdays. Um, the plan is the first and third Saturday of the month it's a live facebook show i use a a platform that works well with it and um it's free and then it's it's through this simply spooky facebook page my good friend vivian powell in england set up the page for this kind of thing and for different people to use if you're interested in um contributing and things um let me know and okay. and so i do the i do the video live and then it's saved on the simply spooky page and i also put it on my youtube channel
1: yeah and i think my
0: youtube channel is under my name um i don't think it's paranormal <laughs> insights but i we talk about lots of different things um yes part of what i'm working to get into is a little bit more of the metaphysical yes with it uh, this Saturday, my guests are Casey Goodwin and Jay Verberg. Oh, nice! Yep. Yeah. And the first Saturday in February, Vivian Powell from the UK. Look forward to that one too. My my little sister.
1: Um, <laughs> we we're yes, big fans of Vivian February. here in Port Gamble.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we did. It was so much fun doing the. The
1: virtual ghost conference,
0: yeah. The, yeah, it was great. And Vivian did it from her home, and I, yeah, I was actually up there, so I got to, you know, see you. Yeah, oh, Vivian says
1: hello to you and her
0: best that love to you and Molly and the girls.
1: Oh, thanks, Vivian. Um, yeah, I want to have her on the show at some point, but I know there's an eight hour time difference. Um, most of the year, most of yeah,
0: under Bush we started changing our clocks forward and back, out of sync with um,
1: oh, the rest okay. of the world. Okay, so for a week and a half <laughs>
0: or two weeks, we're not. It's the same.
1: not as bad. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'd love to have Vivian on the show sometime, and so she's um it, out in the UK, and we had a virtual ghost conference this last year in November. Uh, with everything going on and so William and Vivian were able to uh, they did a psychic workshop which was really cool and it was neat that uh, she was planning to be in Port Gamble for be in the states uh, but with everything going on you know of course travel was canceled mm-hmm. and uh, but it's awesome to be able to have her still join in uh, and contribute that way and one of these times i when things are safe and everything, I want to go to England and go see all the cool haunted locations over there. Never been. So
0: I can give you, uh, you know, I'll set you up with, um, three of the best tour guides, historians, storytellers, anywhere in the world. They're good friends of mine in Salisbury. Yeah. Time zone, time zone tours.
1: Yes. And and you've you've had them on your show too.
0: I've had them on my show. And, they're awesome people, and um, I need to go with you on this trip, and <laughs> I'll help you see some some good places.
1: Yeah, there's just some. There's so many places I want to go and see. I mean, just even here in stateside, mm-hmm. you know, just just even here. But uh, um, so check out William's show. Um, and it's on check go to his facebook page um now is that the paranormal insights Para insights paranormal insights is oh wait para insights is For my facebook. facebook page yeah, yeah. So para insights.
0: I, do share, I do share those shows on that page mm-hmm.
1: yep and so that's a good place to start just to kind of see what william's going on in in his mm-hmm. world and and who his guests are and a lot of your guests have been uh from overseas and yeah. i think it's cool to hear a lot of those you know stories and tales and and thoughts uh from from across the ocean there so i think that's pretty cool but to go to para insights on facebook you can follow him there and you can start seeing where where he goes and what he does and um so but william i want to thank you we're coming up here on the end here um wow. the paranormal beat show and on WLTKDB.com. And uh, I'm so glad you could come on tonight and we'll have you on again. Good, uh, thank you. I'm so really far, well, thanks. Yeah. So far with, with all my guests, I feel like we could always, you know, we could have like a five hour show, um, you know, to kind of get a, get everything out. <laughs> you know? So we'll definitely have you back again. And next oh, week. Um, I have a guy that I've been wanting to meet for a long time, and I guess I'll get to virtually meet him, uh, author and investigator Rick Hale. And so he'll be on next week, next Tuesday. And so I'm looking forward to picking his brain uh, about the paranormal, plus he's he's a great writer. Um, And so I wanna kind of dig into some of that too. So I'm excited to have Rick Hale, and then I've got Michael White on the 26th if i'm remembering my dates correctly um and then after that on groundhog's day i'm going to have nicole strickland um coming up on the show and i I think we're gonna try and find some fun superstitious things to talk about um since groundhog's day is a very superstitious day and um so anyways got a great show lined up for the rest of the rest of the month here and Keep following us on WLTKDB.com. There's a show archive, and uh, please check out the other shows on the station. Uh, There's some really great content and to kind of keep you going all week on uh, Let's Talk Radio. And William, I want to thank you again. And I always leave every show with a toast um, to remind people, because I think it needs to be out there, that the past is history and the future is a mystery. But today's a present be, or today's a gift because it's the present. Excuse me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just remind everybody to live in the now, especially with all the craziness going on in our world. Um, you know, be in the now, be present. Um, those, you know, be present for those around you. Hug hug the people around you. Virtually hug anybody else you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, we'll see you next week on the Paranormal Pete Show. Thank you.